0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez, and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemory.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, a special message by Pastor Rick. Exodus 20, verse 1, and God spoke all of these words, saying, Thou shalt have no other gods before me thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image skipping down to verse 14 thou shalt not commit adultery we'll stop right there grab a seat at all of our campuses and I want to set this whole series up by sharing this with you when I was a senior in high school There was a guy in our town named Joe who I only knew casually. Joe and I were in the same grade, but Joe attended Rock Hill High, and I attended Northwestern High. At any rate, on graduation day, Joe and a buddy of his got in a car and left Rock Hill, South Carolina, and started driving towards Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, to the coast. Now, slip into the scene because Joe was driving, and he was headed east, on Highway 151, I think it is, which is a narrow two-lane road that leads to the beach. Now we've all been on narrow two-lane roads. You've felt that before. And as often happens on those narrow two-lane roads, Joe got behind a slower car. Oh yeah, and he began to get impatient and more impatient, and so, so he decides he's gonna pass this car. But, folks, here was the tension. Here was the tension. There was a double yellow line right down the middle of the road. Now, we all know what a double yellow line means. It means thou shalt not pass right here. Now, mind you, there are all kinds of lines in the road, right? There are white lines, yellow lines, uh, you know, curved lines, straight lines, double lines, single lines. But I don't even have to tell you, those lines are not there randomly. They haven't just been scattered there arbitrarily. No, all of those lines have a purpose. Specifically, they're there for direction and protection. Everybody say direction. Direction. Everybody say protection. Protection. Yeah, now stay in the story because that double yellow line is there in the middle of the road as, as as a means of protection. And the double yellow line basically says, thou shalt not pass right here. And why is that? Well, it's because you're in an area where you can't see what's coming in the other lane. In other words, you're in a curve and you can't see what's coming around that curve in the other lane. You're topping a hill like Joe was and you can't see what's coming over that hill in the other lane. So the command is, thou shalt not pass right here. But folks, check this out. Joe decided to pass anyway. Joe decided to ignore the command. And so he shifted his car left into the other lane, to the lane of the oncoming traffic, and he floored it. But unbeknownst to Joe, a car was cresting that hill in that lane. And Joe slammed into it head on. Oh, yeah. And folks, the impact was so catastrophic that it drove the engine into Joe's legs, into the passenger's legs, and crushed their legs, broke their legs. And the impact was so decimating that it killed the other two passengers in the other car that Joe hit. Now, everybody lean in. Because like I said, I don't, I don't really know Joe, but Rock Hill is a small town in You hear things in a small town. And what I've heard over the years is that Joe lives with deep regret. Because he made a choice to cross a line. And in so doing, listen, listen, he wrecked the lives of 10 people. And he lives with regret of that. You know what regret is? Regret says, if only I hadn't crossed that line. If I only hadn't ignored that line, I wouldn't have wrecked the lives of four people. Now, let me turn a corner and bring that over to to this series called 10 Ways to Wreck Your Life. Because folks, the 10 Commandments... Are a lot like those guiding lines in the road you know those those lines in the road they're not they're not put there to wreck your fun they're put there to protect your fun and just like that this is where we're going today just like that the Ten Commandments are not given by God to somehow wreck your fun that's what a lot of people think But God did not give the Ten Commandments to wreck your fun. Instead, and this is my proposition, listen to this, this is what I want you to walk out the door with today. God gave us the Ten Commandments to protect our fun and to protect your freedom and to protect your future. Let me say that again. God gave the Ten Commandments to protect your fun, to protect your freedom, and to protect your future. You might be saying, well, Rick, how do the Ten Commandments protect my fun, protect my freedom, and protect my future? Well, let's find out today as we crack the pages on the Ten Commandments. I want to give you three thoughts. By the way, how many of you have your listening guide at all of our campuses? Three thoughts. Today is going to come across a lot more like teaching than yes. Yeah, so you're going to need to lean into this one. I hope you'll take notes because this is so important for us. Three thoughts on the Ten Commandments. Here we go. Number one. The Ten Commandments were written by God Himself. Now, with that in mind, let's pick it up in chapter 31, verse 18. So, move ahead a little bit. But here's what we read When the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, He gave him the two, Tablet. yeah, the two tablets of the covenant law. That's the Ten Commandments. The tablets of stone inscribed by the Finger of God. Everybody stop right there. Let me give you the sort of the backdrop on this text. To begin with, God had just delivered the Hebrew people from the Egyptian bondage. And as the Hebrew people are leaving that life of bondage, and journeying towards a life of freedom. As they're leaving that old land and headed to a new land. As they're leaving that old world and headed to a new world. God all of a sudden says, everybody stop. Stop Moses. Stop everybody. It's like God hit the pause button. And God summons Moses up to the Mount Sinai. And there he gives Moses the ten commandments and folks what I love about the ten commandments is how God gave them to Moses listen to how he gave them listen to this verse again when the Lord had finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai he gave him the yeah the two tablets of the covenant law the tables of stone watch this inscribed by what? The finger of God. Now, everybody stop there. Listen to this. All other scripture was inscribed by men, specifically by apostles and prophets. In other words, every word in your Bible is originally written by men. Now, don't get me wrong. God inspired the Bible. God inspired every word of scripture. The word inspired 2 Timothy 3.16, Theopneustos means God breathed it out. It came from his heart. It came from his soul. It came from his spirit. It came from his breath. But as God breathed it out, he breathed it out to apostles and prophets, and they wrote it down. And God so superintended the writing and so controlled the writing that the men wrote the very words right down to the little dashes called jots and tittles. They wrote it down exactly like God wanted it to be written. So that every book of your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Genesis, Exodus, Revelation, everything in between. Every word of that was given by inspiration of God and men wrote it down as God gave it to them. But folks, when it came to the Ten Commandments, God did not assign that task to apostles and prophets. Instead, God wrote it with his very own fingers. And not only that, all other scripture was written on paper, was written on parchment, but not the Ten Commandments. God etched the words of the Ten Commandments into stone. Into stone. The word of God is forever, but God was giving us a visual that this will be forever and ever And ever, folks, that alone makes the Ten Commandments fascinating. Amen. Amen. Yeah. But it gets even more fascinating because write this down as A and B. The Ten Commandments were written exclusively to God's children. To God's children. Listen to verse 1. And God spoke these words, saying, I am the Lord. What's the next word? Thy God. (laughs) You say, meaning what? Meaning. God did not write these words to everybody. <laughs> these words are only written to people who embrace God as their God. Put another way, these words are written only to God followers. These words are only written to God's children. They're commands to us. It's just like if you're a father or a mother. You don't go across the street and start giving commands to the kids. In the house across the street those aren't your children you know you give commands to your children don't you just like that God doesn't start giving commands to the whole world nor should we force these commands on them they're not for them they don't even have the Holy Spirit in them to, to abide by them but we have the Holy Spirit in us and God has given these commands to us because we're his kids And here's what I love about these commands. Write write this down as B. The Ten Commandments are like road lines. Road lines. In other words, folks, listen, listen. Just as we need guiding lines on the highways of the world, you know, just like we need guiding lines on I-95, just like that, we need some guiding lines on the highways of life, don't we? And listen, listen, that's exactly what the Ten Commandments are. They're given for, for your direction and for your protection. But this is a game changer. Because a lot of people look at the Ten Commandments as a bunch of rules. And they somehow imagine that God has hung these rules on us to, ru- to ruin our lives, to wreck our fun. You know, that, that, that uh, God is a, a control freak. And he's a killjoy. And since he's a control freak, he gives us these commands to control us. And since he's a killjoy, he gives us these commands to wreck your fun and to wreck your freedom. By the way, Satan's been selling that lie for thousands and thousands of years, and people believe it. The lie is, if you go with God, he'll wreck your fun. If you follow this God stuff, you better watch it, because you go with God, he's a killjoy. He will wreck your freedom. He's gonna hang those rules on you. But folks, here's what we find out. The Ten Commandments are less like rules, and they're more like those guiding lines on the highway. And they're there for two reasons. Write this down as one. Little one, number one, the Ten Commandments are meant to direct us. To direct us. Think about the white lines on the road. You know, the white lines are for direction. Direction. They're to direct you from point A to, to point B. They, they direct us through curves. They direct us through, through intersections. Well, just like that, listen, some of the Ten Commandments are given for direction. And specifically, those commands that we're, we're going to look at for, that are for direction, they direct you to, to the true God. <laughs> you see, I don't even have to tell you there are a lot of gods out there, are there? False gods, materialistic gods, gods of lust and greed and whatever. And they're always saying, follow me, come with me, come with me. I'll make you happy. I'll give you what you want. Follow me. But the Ten Commandments are given to direct you, listen, away from all of those false gods and to direct you to the true God. To the God who made you. (laughs) To the God who knows you like nobody else knows you. The God who loves you like nobody else can love you. The God who has a plan for your life. The God who has a purpose for your life. The God who wants to give you an everlasting future destiny. The Ten Commandments are given like those white lines to direct you to that true God. Some of them are for direction. Turn to your neighbor and say, direction. Direction. Turn to your other neighbor and say direction. Yeah, but not only that, write this down as number two. Some of the Ten Commandments are meant to protect us. Everybody heads up. Because there are roads in this life that will lead you to a head-on collision. There are roads that if you go down them, They will wreck your marriage, they will wreck your family, they will wreck your finances, they will wreck your health, they will wreck your reputation. And so every one of God's commands that says, thou shalt not, they're to protect you from that. In other words, just like the the yellow line down the middle of the road, the double yellow is saying, thou shalt not cross. Why did the highway department put that there? Because they're control freaks? Because they wanna wreck your fund? No, they put them there because they want to protect your fund and protect your life. Listen, just like that, the commandments, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet, covet thy neighbor's wife. You know, thou shalt not work on the Sabbath. These commands are lines for us, folks. They are relational lines that God says don't cross. They are moral lines that God says don't cross. They're financial lines that God says don't cross. They're integrity lines that God says don't cross that line. Why? Because the lines are given by God to protect your fun, your freedom. And your future. Hallelujah. Tell you what, hold that thought. We'll come back to it. Write this down as big number two. This is so important. The Ten Commandments are commands, not barriers. Let me say that again. The Ten Commandments are the Ten Commandments are commands, not barriers. And by that, I mean the Ten Commandments read, "Thou." Shalt not. They don't read. Thou cannot. In other words, folks, God has not put a barrier around these commandments, these prohibitions, these restrictions, and and says you you couldn't do that if you wanted to. I've built a barrier around these things. No, God has not put a barrier around them. Instead, God has has drawn some lines, and God says, don't cross the lines for your own good for your own sake don't cross the line but listen listen you you can cross <laughs> the line you see it doesn't say it doesn't read thou cannot murder Thou cannot commit adultery. Thou cannot steal. Thou cannot. Thou cannot covet thy neighbor's wife. Put another way, God has not built a guardrail around these commands so that you can't cross the line. You can cross the line. There's not a guardrail. There's a band, there's just a line. Think about the first command that God gave to the first two people. This is the very first command. I want you to think about that command for a moment. Here's the way it reads. And the Lord God commanded the man, commanded him, of every tree of the garden thou may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day thou eatest of it thou shalt surely die. And folks, everybody heads up. God did not build a fence around the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He didn't put a guardrail or a barrier around the, knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and say, you, you, can't, you can't get to it. God didn't do that. God just drew a line and said, obey the line. Don't cross the line. But here's what I want you to understand. They could cross the line. They could cross the line. And listen, so can we. So can we. And here's what that means to us. Write this down as A and B. This is so important. We have a choice. We have a choice. And everybody heads up again. God does not build a a, a barrier around these prohibitions and say you can't get to them. No, God draws a line, and God says these lines are for you. They are to direct you. They are to protect you. But, but they're just a line. And so God is saying, you have a choice. You can obey the line, or you can cross the line. God is saying, you can follow me, or you don't have to follow me. But here's my point. Listen, you have a choice. Now, folks, this is a teaching moment. Because there is a theology out there that's becoming more and more widespread among pastors and churches that basically says you don't have a choice. This theology is called Calvinism. And at its worst, it says God has predetermined all outcomes. And you have no choice in the matter. At its worst, Calvinism says God has already predetermined Who can get saved and who cannot get saved? And so you don't have a choice in the matter. At its worst, Calvinism says God has already predetermined the outcome of every choice you're going to make. You don't even have a choice in the matter. Now, don't get me wrong. The Bible teaches that God chose us. The Bible teaches election. It's undeniable. But at the same time, God chose to let us choose You have a choice. Let me clarify it for you. Think about it this way. In the animal world, God created animals with what we call instinctual behavior. In other words, they have no choice in matters. You know, a mama blue jay will always build the same kind of nest. And her mother won't even teach her how to do it. She has to build this nest. And she's going to build that. You know why? Because God pre-wired her brain to do it. The robin, the robin on the other hand, she will build a, another kind of nest. And she, she won't even get up one day and say, hmm, I think I am going to build a nest. She has no choice. She has to build the nest. The fox has to go to the den. The beaver has to dam up the creek. <laughs> they, they, they've been pre-wired to do that. But listen, listen, when it came to you and me, when it came to human beings, God chose not to pre-wire your brain. You have a choice. You have a choice. And this is what the Ten Commandments are all about. Write this down as B. This is so important. You see, God gives you a choice to obey the line or cross the line. But here's what you need to know. Choosing to obey leads to fewer regrets. Turn to your neighbor and say, fewer regrets. regrets. Turn to your other neighbor and say, fewer regrets. Yeah. Now think about it. When Joe faced the double yellow line, he had a choice. He could obey the double yellow line or cross the double line. Joe chose to cross that double line. And to this day, as I understand it, he lives with huge regret. Adam and Eve faced the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they had a choice. There was no barrier around it. They could obey the line or cross the line. They crossed the line and they lived lives of deep, deep, deep regret. Now let me bring that over to you and me. Because you think about the people in your life, and maybe I'm talking to you, but you think about the people in your life who live with regret. You, you, You and I know it is always because they made a bad choice. They made a bad choice. And nine times out of 10, it's because they made a choice not to obey one of these lines. They made a choice to cross God's line. They t- crossed the line that says thou shalt not commit adultery. They crossed the line of greed. They crossed the lines of lying. They they crossed the line of hate. They crossed the line of becoming a workaholic and never resting. They crossed the line of wanting more and more and more, of coveting more and more of what they already had enough of and they made choices that, that wrecked their lives and now They live with deep regret. Put another way, put another way, they brought it on themselves. You look at them and say, they made a choice. They brought it on themselves. You see, folks, life will bring you enough heartache without you bringing it on yourself. But when you step across God's lines, and we see this all the time, people just, I'm going to do it. And they step across the line. And when they do, they wreck their lives, they wreck their families, they wreck their churches sometimes, they wreck their future, they wreck their reputation. And from that point on, they live with deep regret. So here's here's the question. Here's the question. How can we live lives of fewer regrets? Well, it begins... By obeying the Ten Commandments, but write this down as number three. Here's where it all starts. A life of fewer regrets begins with God. That's why just right out of the chute, the first commandment says this. You shall have, thou shalt have in the King James, no other gods before me. Now folks, here's the idea of that. Write this down as a, let let me read the text one time before we do that. Thou shalt have, you shall have, no other gods. What's the next word? Before me. Here's what that means. Write this down as A. God desires proximity with you, not just priority. God desires proximity to you, not just priority. In other words, the picture here is explicit, folks. Any God, any person or anything that you put before God... Becomes a God But not only that Not only that Any person or anything or any sin That you put before God Here's even, even just as important If you put it before God You're actually putting it between you and God Let me give you a picture Bro, you might, you, You're you a big guy You, you will work uh, what, What's your first name? Kedrick, yeah. You're going to get to be God for the day Okay you're God. He's big enough to be God, right? I mean, look at me, look at him. I want to look like this one day. God, I'm just going to say I want to look like Kendrick when I get to heaven. Anyway, Kedrick's going to be God. So this is God, and this is a God who made me. This is the God who loves me like no one else can. This is the God who knows me like no one else knows me. This is the God who wants to walk with me and wants me to walk with him. This is the God who wants to speak into my life and wants me to talk to him. This is the God who has my fun, my future, my freedom in mind. He's my God. He's the great I am. But anybody or anything or any sin that I put before God, I'm actually putting between me and God. And I'm blocking my ability to have this relationship with God. I'm blocking his ability to guide me. I'm blocking his ability to protect me. I'm stepping out away from him. My question, folks, is why in the name of our God would we do that? Why does God even have to say, don't put anything before me? Why is that not axiomatic? Why is that not just self-evident? But God tells us, line number one, don't put any gods between us. You want to live a life of fewer regrets? Don't put anything between you and God. You got a sin you're hanging on to? Get rid of it. You got a job that has become a God to you? Put it out of the way. You may even have to quit that job. You got a relationship that's getting between you and God that's out of bounds? Cut it loose. Jesus said you'd be better to pluck your eyes out. Cut your hands off and to continue. What's Jesus saying? Is he saying, just remember your body? No, he's saying deal drastically with anything that gets between you and God. Deal drastically with it. You want fewer regrets? Don't put anything before God. Let's give it up for Kedra. Now, I started to close the message right there, but I can't. Because I got, I, I got to say this to those of you who may be guests with us today and first time in church or whatever, but, but maybe you, you, you don't even follow God. You've spent your life rejecting God. You've spent a life of stiff-arming God, and you have no relationship with Him. Here's what you need to know, and I say this with compassion, but I have to say it. Write this down as B. Rejection of God leads to the ultimate regret. Rejection of God leads to the ultimate regret. This text says, you shall have no other gods before me. But if you're rejecting God, it's just saying, you shall have no other gods. That's where you need to go. That's where you need to stop. Because listen, if you reject God, listen, if you reject God, you have no other God, but other gods, (laughs) And let me tell you, most often your other God, other than the true God, you know who that God will be? It'll be you. It'll be you. You will become God of the universe. And you will then summarily begin to live your life to glorify you, not God. And you live your life to please you, not to please God. And maybe you do some great things. Maybe you help people. But I'm telling you, if you ignore God... If you neglect God, if you stiff-arm God, I'm telling you, you're putting yourself on regret boulevard because you are headed for a life of regret that's unimaginable. Listen, this God that, that, that we're going to be talking about in the Ten Commandments, His name is Yahweh. Yahweh. And His name means the great I Am. He's always been. He never has not been, and we're going to talk about that. But I'm telling you, this is not a God you want to cross. I, you know, we, this is so unpopular today in, in preaching. All preaching today is happy preaching. Happy, happy. But there's a part of the Bible, and there's a lot of the Bible, that says you don't want to reject this God This is a God you don't want to ignore. This is not a God you want to neglect. In fact, Hebrews 2.3 puts it this way. How shall we escape escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How shall we escape the judgment of God if we neglect this great I am? Listen to Hebrews 10.31. It is a what? What? Fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God now listen I want to close with this you can make a lot of bad choices in this life, and you can recover from them In fact our God is a God of recovery isn't he we even have a ministry in this church called Recovery celebrate recovery why because our God is a God of second chances a God of third chances He loves to give you a new start but that being said, there is one choice from which there is no recovery. And that is when you make a choice to go through this life rejecting, ignoring, and neglecting an almighty God, there is no remedy from that. There is no recovery from that. And you will die a death from which there is no recovery. And that will be, that will be the ultimate regret because your thought will be, if only I had followed God, if only I had of obeyed God, if only I had of trusted Christ as my Savior. You see, here's what I love. I'm I'm, going to take it back to a good side. The Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? But then the Bible tells us how to escape, doesn't it? The Bible says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Who does everyone mean? Everybody. It means you. No matter how far away from God you may imagine yourself to be, it means you. God says everybody who calls on him on the name of the Lord will be saved. (laughs) It's that simple. You don't have to join anything. You don't have to sign anything. This is relational. It's personal. It's not religious in any way. It's relational, which is what God's all about. God's not about religion. He's always about a relationship. He loves you, and He wants you to be with Him forever. And He says you can escape judgment by calling on Him. So why don't you do that, do that today at all of our campuses? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes Every head bowed, every eye closed. Why don't you call on him right there where you're seated? You might say, well, Rick, I I don't know what to say. I don't, well, listen, let me help you. I want to lead you in a prayer to God. By the way, this is not a poem. So you pray this from your heart to God. Don't pray it to me. You call on him and pray this prayer your heavenly Father. By the way, isn't that amazing? God, the great I am, says you can just call me Father. Jesus said, when you pray, pray our Father. So pray, heavenly Father, my Father, thank you for providing the way to eternal life. Thank you for giving me a choice to choose. And Lord, right now, I choose you. Right now, I open the door to my heart, to my life, and I ask you to come in. I ask you to forgive all of my sins, my past, present, and even my future sins, wash them away in the blood of Jesus Christ, and I ask you to give me everlasting life. Life, Lord, thank you for loving me for caring about me thank you for your kindness your compassion your patience with me and thank you for giving me eternal life may I from this day forward spend the rest of my life following you, loving you, and being loved by you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you want to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know at cfmemmyorg connect and filling out a connection card. We want to thank you so much for joining us. We love you and God bless.